Welcome. Who am I? That's the wrong question to ask, but I'm glad you're asking them regardless. Oh, are you new here? Good. Very good. No worries. Milady does tend to be somewhat unconcerned with the rules of causality. What follows can be a standalone, but here is what has happened in Horror Haven. Milady Haven and their best friend and or employee had a lovely conversation and listened to some intriguing stories. Then they watched an interview of Clarence's favorite actor and Milady's favorite show. And now you know what has happened, honored guest. There is nothing left for you to know. Let us leave old bones to lie where they may and find new ones to pick. Shall we? After you. Hello, hello, hello everyone, welcome to the f channel. Here you can find a bunch of cray cray, -cray stuff, stuff, all the latest goss, goss and, and oh so many many horrors. Welcome, 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 welcome all. Warning, following shows contain material that may be harmful to some audiences. This channel contains content that isn't suitable for everyone. Viewer discretion is advised. I hate warnings, but you have to do those to avoid lawsuit cases. <laughs> <laughs> lawsuit? Now that doesn't suit me. <laughs> Speaking of warnings, here's an interview that we here at the studio have been advised not to release. Are we ready for that lawsuit? Let's, Let's find, find out. out. Mr. Lin, I have to say, it is an honor to interview you. Oh, thank you, dear. The pleasure is mine. This may be one of those moments that makes me feel like I've made it in the industry. Interviewing you is like meeting God himself. And I'm, I'm sure you're aware of it. Does it ever get uncomfortable knowing how people view you? Like, how people see you? Oh, you flatter me, dear. I see myself as, well, myself, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All jokes aside, it is somewhat true to call myself God's intuition. Now, that doesn't make me the big guy himself, no. It simply means that I can see how the universe works and... Hmm. Let's just say that I know how to affect it as well. All you have to do is ask it pretty nicely and go to sleep. In the morning, everything will be dandy as the sun rises to the sky. Oh, so you're a manifester. Manifester? Yes, you could say that. I manifested myself in this life in the way that I wanted. It could also be called believing in yourself. Certainly, certainly it could. <laughs> but... We must point out that believing in yourself does not make you accomplished, not always. Believing in yourself while everyone keeps telling you your unworthiness the moment you are born is nearly impossible. You are right, dear. I am a bit privileged in a sense. I used to live in a small town, one where everyone knew each other, their parents and their parents' parents. Every family there has been there for many years and no outsiders moved in. A little haven for the happy little families, some might say. Mm -hmm. A small size hell, others might say. <laughs> it all depends on perspective. If you loved a simple and calming life, you loved the town. If you believe you are meant for something more, you can't wait to leave. I guess you were the latter. You are right on that dot. 
<laughs> I didn't hate the town, of course, but I knew I was meant for more, and more was meant for me. Even the townsfolk could see that my aura was never insignificant enough to go unnoticed. They did not say it out loud, or make me realize that, but all of them were aware of the things I was meant to be. And they were right. Realizing the town is too small for your shining star, coming to the city, it must have felt like a dream. It was more like reality, a destiny. I was simply meant to be here, and so I was. <laughs> yes, the words of a manifester. I mean, a true self-believer. Now, I grew up in the city, still live close to my family, and cannot imagine a life away from them. I cannot even imagine how that would be. Was it hard for you to leave them behind? Do you do you ever feel like returning back for good? Of course. I think everyone does at some point. I do miss my family and the community. I just had dreams that were bigger than the town. Crazy thing, a big city. Everything you ever dreamed of is there and no one can stop you. That's what happened to me, at least. Just a small town boy living in a lonely world with the doll of everyone's dreams. Or nightmares. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think everyone is out there to get you when you live in the city, especially in a less fortunate place, you know? Oh, sure. I was robbed when I first came to the city. They did try to get me. I just didn't let them. <laughs> they will never stop coming after you, but just know that they cannot destroy you. They might try, but all you have to do is sleep on it. Close those eyes and hug the thing that held you together so far. In the morning, all of your problems will melt away. That's what happened to me, at least. Not that different than the town. If you are in tune with yourself enough, everywhere is enough. Wait, wait, let's, let's not gloss over the fact that you just said that you were robbed when you first came to the city? The first person I ever met was this dude trying to rob me. It was hard, of course. But I had the world watching me, and a robber was not going to take that away. I tackled him back and got a small cut on my bicep. It makes me look tougher. Ladies dig that stuff. So, <laughs> so I have that guy to thank for my charisma. If he wasn't there to make me look mysterious, how would I end up here? And how did you manage to get away? I, uh, actually didn't. The guy had a heart attack after oh. leaving that souvenir on my body. Oh, that must have been traumatizing. Well, yeah, but in the end, I am still here and he's not. It's sad that he passed away, since it was probably someone who needed that money, but I am much more glad that I am still here. <laughs> that we both agree on. <laughs> this all happened when you were 16, right? Oh, yes. I was 16 when I came to the city. Was there a reason behind why you left so young? Well, there was. My father, he passed away. Oh. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's all right. If he didn't, I would probably not have been able to leave the town that early. Was your father strict? Well, not like that, doll. He did become stricter before he passed away. Was there a reason for the shift? Um, yes. No reason to get stiff on me now, Benjamin. All right, all right. <laughs> it started on a certain Sunday, let's just say. The Sunday was not particularly special, no. It was I who was special enough to make it significant. Mr. Greentord was an old farmer in the town with a big family. When he passed away and the grief was processed, his family did a yard sale, of, as was the tradition in the town. 
Nothing could be trash in Midas' kingdom. Now, as a 16-year-old, you wouldn't think the belongings of a 94-year-old farmer could ever be your gold, but I knew that I had to be there that day. Call it an instinct, or the call. I call it destiny. After church, we all went to the green toward farm for the sale. We called it a yard sale, but it was more than that. It was a memorial of Mr. Greentord. Who he was and how he lived. But of course, I couldn't give less shit about him. I was there to find something. Something very significant. I didn't know what, how, or why. I just knew it was. The Green Toward Farm is such a lovely place. Rich people do take care of their farms, after all. Well, except for the massive sculpture of the man in front of the entrance. And they say I'm full of myself. <laughs> imagine waking up to see yourself every damn day. Worse, imagine seeing your father, grandfather, or uncle every waking day when you look out of your window. Imagine doing the devil's tango. Ugh, even the thought. The interior, however, is full of love, family, and sweet moments. Usual family stuff, you know, the pictures, the medals, the rewards, the stained couch, and the smell of homemade meals. Now, the weird part I was hesitant to tell is coming. When I got into the place, I swear I could see a thin line of aura. Sorry, aura? Uh, energy, light, feeling, what I assume was calling me. My soul, my body, my guts, my everything wanted me to follow that line and meet my destiny. I couldn't, of course, as I'm a gentleman who knows the social rules to follow. It would not be kind to do that, you know? Hey, sorry for your loss. How much is this? No, I waited. It was getting harder to wait until they finished all of their social rituals. I held myself back from running. It was hard, not going to lie. Maybe the hardest thing I've ever done. But I did, in the end. My reward for being such a good guy was waiting for me. And that thing was... It was just a doll. A baby doll with black hair and pink clothing. All the social norms I knew were yelling at me. Is this truly the reward for being a good guy? Buying a pink girl doll as a 16-year-old guy? Ugh, something in me was embarrassed, at the least. The core of me was begging to buy it. Destiny wanted me to buy this baby doll. I was startled when the seller asked what I was going to buy. I had to come up with something and I had to do it fast. The baby doll there, I'm sure my sister will enjoy it. Thank God I was a great liar as a boy. <laughs> Jess, the seller, a twenty-something grandkid of the deceased, got confused about what I said. Fuck, I said to myself. Was that unbelievable? But no, I'm, I'm the greatest actor ever known. Of course she believed me. It was something else. It had to be. That's odd. I've never seen this doll before. And I thought I played with every doll in this home. I was so glad to learn that my lie worked. Well, maybe I forgot? Getting older does that to you, kid. <laughs> she said with a smile. She got confused again as she checked something. I'm so sorry. I just, I cannot seem to find the price for this doll. Somebody, somebody must have forgotten to put a tag on it. 
She was irritated, and I knew that whoever was responsible for tagging was going to get scolded tonight. How, how about this? I will give you this one for free. In return, you won't mention to anyone about this little mishap. Of course, she was afraid of getting a mediocre score in the town popularity contest. Imagine what she would do if her boyfriend left her because he cannot date someone whose family forgot to tag one object. Sure, thanks, Jess. Here you go, my little partner in crime. She smiled at me. I wasn't going to show it around and say, hey, look at this girly thing I bought. So here it went to my bag, just as a queer hiding in the closet. No offense to the gays, don't get me wrong, it's just a phrase. The food was good, as expected, people not so much, though I had the guts to bear with them. It went okay, as they all do, and we were back home. How did your parents react? <laughs> I didn't tell them, of course. My mom asked what I bought as all nagging mothers do. I told her that I bought some old book about wars or crime or something boring stuff, and she did not bother to ask another question, and the conversation went back to being about how my father was having problems at work. Cry me a river, man. You choose this life the most would call the American dream, yet you're still mad that not everything is smooth? <laughs> Some people. <laughs> he was no visionary, just a boring old dude who married the first woman he ever met other than family members. Sorry that I went off about my family like that. They were great parents, as parents go, but that does not make them perfect, does it? This story isn't about them anyways. It is about me, and has always been about me. After the involuntary family time, I ran to my room as soon as possible, hearing my mother laugh and say, Boys in their boy books. <laughs> Boys in their boy books. What the hell was that supposed to mean? Boys can't run into their rooms to play with dolls. Oh, mother, you knew nothing about me. Some boys have their boy toys or girl dolls, and they love to play with them. <coughs> now... Not that kind of toy. Jeez, you are naughty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. What was the doll like? At first glance, the doll was nothing special. At most, it was as dull as a doll can be. It wasn't how it looked, but how it felt. And it felt like it was a part of me, my being, my existence, my core. I felt like a part of me was stolen from me when I was a baby, leaving a hole in my heart every damn time I breathe. And this doll, this baby doll with its big eyes, was that piece. It was not mine. It was me, a part of me. Or I was a part of it? I'm unsure which is the reality, but I knew that my life was going to change drastically from now on. I slept with that doll in my arms, feeling the energy of it, like a lover whose dead partner turned back to life for one night. Everything made sense. I finally had my full potential, and life was mine to take control of. I felt like it hugged me back. Not like a physical, but a spiritual hug. For the first time in my human life, I have not been alone in my existence. The voice that kept telling you that you're alone and will die alone just... disappeared. I was never meant to be alone in this huge universe 
And that doll was the part of me that was keeping me company forever and ever. It brought you comfort. It did. (laughs) Too much, one could even say. I don't know when I dozed off, but when I woke up, my father was yelling at me, calling me slurs and trying to take me, I mean, take the doll away from me. I must have had the deepest sleep I have ever had, because I didn't even hear him breaking the door apart after knocking on it for hours. When he saw me, alive and not dead, hugging a girl toy in my sleep, his worries turned into rage and embarrassment. His little boy was growing up to be a sissy. He didn't go to war for this bullshit. That marks the first and the last time I was beaten up by my old man. I didn't go to school that day, you know, to avoid the rumors. He took the doll from me and locked me up in my room. Even the windows were locked. That must have been horrible. I'm so sorry that happened. That was the moment I realized my potential. While I was there, sitting involuntarily, I started to realize how this was not a unique feeling. I have felt like this my entire life. Locked up in a box, unable to do anything. The entire town was my prison. Dull and fake people all around, doing God knows what, forgetting that they're not living. It disgusted me to know that I have been doing the same thing for this long, trapped in a pot with the other plants. I needed to leave. I needed to break free. More things were out there for me. My father was no one when you thought about the real horrors of the world, and I wanted to experience that. I would tell that to the old man, beating him to death to leave me alone, run away to a big city from the small town, leaving everyone and everything behind me, and finding the spotlight I was destined to have. Pops didn't visit or let me out that day. He was okay with starving me, even. I know I heard Mom's pleas to let me eat, but he said, Not until he gets some sense. (sighs) What an idiot of a man. He had no idea what was about to happen. I don't blame him. I didn't know either. All I knew was I got sleepy out of nowhere and fell asleep, thinking it was the hunger taking over. In the morning, the door was unlocked, and so was the window. The entire home was dead silent. Another thing that took me a while to realize, the doll was between my arms. I was calm, but clearly not expecting my father to put the doll there. I went up and down trying to find him. He wasn't at home. Neither was Ma or my sister. I was hungry, of course, so I didn't have time to go around and ask. I had to eat first. While I ate to my heart's content, my mom opened the door with tears in her eyes. Oh, my baby was the only thing that came out of her mouth before hugging me. Was that when you learned about your father's passing? It was. Traffic accident. First traffic accident in this town since, well, ever. The funeral went smoothly, as much as a funeral could go. I wasn't sad or anything, but I played my part. Even shed a tear or two. Manly as possible, of course. I postponed my plans for after a month. It was the decent thing to do. And after that month, my mom was very understanding of my reasons. I knew the moment you were born that one day you would fly away from me. 
My little dove. If I was a bird, I would be a vulture. But I didn't tell her that. Some things are said for comfort, not for accuracy. I got my baggage, said goodbye to my sister and mom, and left them for good. Some people judged me for leaving two girls alone as the family man, but never to my face. I knew Jackson had eyes on my mother even when Pa was still around, so I knew she wouldn't be all alone for very long. I may be inconsiderate, but <laughs> I'm not a dumbass. The doll was with me, of course. I couldn't leave my soul at home if you catch my drift. <laughs> so you lost your father, took care of your family, left your town, and then got robbed? <laughs> when did you start to sleep on the bad things? <laughs> After I saved myself from the guy, I went to a motel to rent a room. It was a modest hotel with great neighbors, lovely bunch of girls who were my first fans, some might say. The owner was a bit of a grump, but old people are like that. I did pay my rent on time and didn't cause trouble, so nothing bad happened between us. It was disheartening to see him gone. He was like a father to those girls, as I saw it. They were very close. After his passing, all of them moved away. Somehow it became a home, big and lonely apartment. Maybe not lonely. I always had my little girl. Your your little girl? My doll, of course. Oh, oh. I know what that look means. This man is messing with his doll. And you'd be wrong. I would also be confused if I was not, well, me. <laughs> I may play with the little doll, but I still fancy the big dolls. <laughs> Queerness is not something I roll around. <laughs> and you're not the first one to be confused, of course. I've had many people... May they rest in peace. Say nasty things about me. We all know Mr. Ripley was one of them. It was sad to see him pass away so young. Lying is no good for the heart, you see. If you keep that up, your heart will give out eventually. I hope his family is at peace. It's okay, I get you. Some have humans which they love as if they are objects, and some have objects they love as if they are human, sure. But there are people who love humans as humans, while loving objects as objects. Think of it as a car or a pair of heels. Just because my lucky charm isn't a rabbit foot or a four-leaf clover, does it have to be something else? It's weird, sure, but it's not bad or mad. We all have our weird sides, and at least I'm honest with it. I don't- I don't find anything weird about you. I find it odd that the doll- it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, is that when you signed up for an agency? It was around that time. I got the first job I auditioned for. A milk ad. I played the milkman and I did a pretty swell job. It became the biggest hit of the brand. That's why I was the face of their brand for the first five years of my career, until... Well, companies are not made to last forever. Especially if you embezzle money, right? I had no idea, of course. I was just the actor they hired. I had my problems with the company, but oh. it was completely outside of those reasons. Why the board is in jail now. What were your problems with them? Well, cuts on payments, limitation of creative pursuits. Normal things that any actor goes through. But you're not any actor. You're... Well, you're you. Hey now, just because I'm a shoe-in for the best actor of the millennia doesn't mean my experiences are different from other people. 
I was sure that my career would end after that, but I was wrong. I got drunk that night. Not my best moment, but we all do things when we're down. That's when you realize your dreams may fall into the ground, right? I don't remember much about that night, just that I found myself in a motel, waking up from my bed because of a knock on the door. It was my manager, coming with news that I just got a role in a new high-end drama. Then, there I was, on the big screen, internationally, everyone watching me. I always knew that was part of my destiny. Do you mean the role that you got after the first actor they hired was thrown into jail? When you say it like that, it feels bad to call it destiny. And besides, I know you shouldn't talk about someone else's downfall, but the downfall was handmade by that someone. I'm not the one who is in jail for sexual assault, after all. That's not the last time, or the first, according to what you've said today, where someone who got in your way just vanished. If you have something to ask, don't dwell around it. Just ask. About the recent disappearance of your co-star and alleged significant other- Let me deny those allegations right now. Elise and I have never been together. We did co-act, but we never got involved with each other more than what was on the script. Our chemistry was for the cameras only. <laughs> but according to the cast and crew- People gossip. That's just what they so do. you never showed interest in one another- I find that hard to believe. Sure, she was fine as it gets, and as a man, I was interested. We did go out together once, with friends, and then she went missing. So there was no way for us to get involved more than that. People in the pub kept saying that you guys were getting involved, were gonna leave together even, until, you know, you decided to run home as soon as possible. <laughs> Look, dear, I just had a headache and left early. What about that is suspicious? <sighs> with everything you've said here today... You might- you might see the pattern. I don't understand what you mean. First, your father. Um, the robber. Third, the hotel owner. Then, the milk company. Seven actors. Two in jail. Three dead. Two missing. Three paparazzi were murdered right after photographing you. Five news guys are dead. All- all right after interacting with you. Are you accusing me? Four of them were heart attacks. Four were murdered when I was with other people. Two already had terminal diseases, and four of them committed suicide. I am not the law, have no criminal record, and, and wasn't even a potential suspect in those missing persons cases. I feel like you're trying to blame me for how the oh, world works. Oh, no! I'm, I'm not blaming you, sir. But you have to understand that, I mean, after you found this doll... Every door opened for you, and it got closed, shattered, slammed shut for others. Hold on, are you blaming an object? Well, I mean, you said it is your lucky charm. The, the problem is, it seems like it brings bad luck to others. <laughs> You're not suggesting that an inanimate object is the murderer in solved cases? Gave heart attacks to people, faked suicides, gave terminal illnesses, kidnapped people, and <laughs> and caused a traffic accident. Do you hear how unreal that sounds? You just talked about destiny, auras, uh, being pulled into something, and you can't believe that maybe that same thing is, I don't know, haunted? <laughs> 
Look, I know some things can't be explained logically, but that's just how life is. That doesn't make a doll haunted. Is this the interview you wanted? Are you here to blame me and then a fucking doll? Are you serious? I didn't know about the doll when I came here. You told me. I believe you told me because, you know, you realize, unconsciously at least. I told you because I thought you might be interested. You kept telling me that you're a fan. You kept saying nice things to me. I thought I... this would end up great for both of us. Wait. Did <laughs> Sorry, did you did you think I would sleep with you? <laughs> Who comes to an actor's home to have an interview without a little bit Are... of hope for that? <laughs> okay, I I I can't. I'm I'm leaving. <laughs> You can't leave now. Come on, you are not going to leave after accusing me of being a creep please, and haunted. Please let me go. Please let me go. <clears throat> okay, alright. You can't release this interview, though. Okay, but you have to come clean and- <clears throat> uh, Are you okay? Oh, oh no. I'm- I'm having a heart attack, I think. What? Okay, uh, hold on. Hey, hi, I need an ambulance. Can't, can't you see? What do you mean? It's... Holy shit. Hey, hey, stay with me. Yes, they fell unconscious. What am I supposed to do? I... Okay, I'll... So... You know the rules. No talking while TV's on. Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm sure many of you would love to be that girl. Haunting your favorite actor is every fan's dream after all. I remember the last time I haunted an actor. It was here at this very studio, in fact. I was outside in the bushes, waited until security passed by, and made my way through the stage door. Once I was inside, I found him, slit his throat with a knife, and then, believe it or not, that's, that's how, how I landed, landed this, this show. show. And now you're all stuck with me, so deal with it, fucker. Is this... is this working? A way of telling, um, I guess I just assume... Hey everybody, Matt here. You don't really know me, um, and I'm not sure if this is even reaching you. Do you know the grotto? Love of mine. My blood pooling, changing the color. You will die. But I get stuck in these loops where I'm not feeling anything. But I feel bad that I'm not feeling anything. Close behind. Obviously, you you know about since you've been gone. Struck by a recent loss, Matt turns to spelunking for solace. As Matt battles grief, he questions if the caves are playing tricks or if something else lurks within. The Grotto is a liminal horror podcast that explores the thin line between grief, pain, mourning, and loss. I think I might be losing my mind. I've been hallucinating and seeing my... It's a long story. I told David, but he didn't believe me, and I just need someone to talk to. I'm running out of time. Am How many times have I told you all never to lose control of the broadcast? I swear! Uh, and we're back. back! I'm unsure what that was, but it sure sounds funny. That David guy sounds like a good old chap. I think I, think I, I like, like him already. already. Now, 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 I know you're all dying for what's up next on our schedule. I have to say, it's somewhat rude that most of our viewers only tune in for this next show. Hello, haven't you learned anything? You have to be 
open to options. <laughs> well, all right. I won't make you wait any longer. Without further ado, here's Open Up. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Open Up. We have our two lovely contestants here. Why don't you say hello to the audience? Hello to the audience. Um, hi. <laughs> Aw, aren't they just adorable? Now, for those of you that are new here, let me explain the rules. Open Up is all about, well, opening yourself up. Letting the world know just everything about you. Our two contestants here will take turns sharing just about everything. Pet peeves, first dates, embarrassing childhood memories, everything. At the end of the round, you, yes you, the audience, will get to vote on who opened up the best. The contestants with the largest number of points by the end of the game will get a fantastic prize. Now, are you ready to get started? Oh, um, yeah, I am. I am ready to get started. Great! Now, for our first question, let's start with something simple. Tell us why you've come here to participate tonight. I wish to receive the prize. Oh, could you elaborate on that? I wish to receive the prize. It is supposed to be fantastic, is it not? Oh, believe me! You won't want to miss out on it. Well, you sure are straightforward, aren't you? I bet that you walk into job interviews asking for a raise. <laughs> but honesty is what Open Up is all about. Now, contestant number two, how about you? Oh, um, I, I figure, you know, most game shows, they give out money, right? And, uh, well, I'm a bit short on cash. I couldn't get into any of those trivia ones. <laughs> and, well, I hadn't heard of Open Up before, but an email came into my inbox inviting me on the show. I couldn't exactly pass up the opportunity. For a minute there, I thought I might have been scammed, so I'm relieved to see all the cameras. I can't quite see the audience, though. Short on money, huh? Well, while the price is a mystery, I'm sure you'll be delighted. Now then, let's move on to round two. Here's where things start to get interesting. As I'm sure long-time viewers and many members of our audience are aware, round two is where I'll start asking our contestants some personal questions. I know, I know, scary, right? Let's do it! Let's start with contestant two. This time, what happened to Derek? How do you, um... Uh, Come on now! I don't know it's if I should... It's all about opening up! Aren't you excited for that fabulous prize? Right, right. I... Right. Derek was my best friend. He was there for me when no one else was, and I I loved him like a brother. He was a year younger than me, but he was big and tall, so the other kids were afraid of him. He would always protect me from bullies. You know, like, they'd try to pick on me, and then he'd show up with his big, deep, fake voice. He'd go, what the hell are you doing to him? And the bullies would run off. <laughs> and then one day, he collapsed. It was horrible. He'd been complaining for months about stomach pain, but no one had listened to him. No one believed him, just 
told him that he ate something bad or to get it over with. I, I'll admit I ignored it too. I mean, he opened up to me about his other symptoms, but they kept getting better. They'd go away and come back, and I think both of us wanted to believe it was nothing serious. That was stupid of us. I mean, there was blood. You shouldn't ignore blood. The doctors diagnosed him with something. I can't quite remember what it was, but I remember he missed school for a while. When it first happened, he had to get surgery, I think, and some other procedure I can't remember the name of. God, I feel horrible that I can't remember. What I do remember is the bullies. When they heard he wouldn't be back for a while, they started picking on me again, and I couldn't stop them. That's not all, though. I know there's more. You haven't told us about the party. How, how the hell do you know that? <laughs> that That is, I mean, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't? Maybe this will jog oh, your memory. God, I... God, f- fuck. Why the hell do you have a picture of that? Where did you get that? Who are you? What is this show? Well, audience, do you want to hear the rest? I can't do this. No, but there's an extra special prize waiting for you, and you wouldn't want to disappoint the audience. I know that next month's rent payment is coming up, and besides, they've already seen the picture. Fuck you, I'm not. I think it would be a bad idea for you to resist. What the hell is that supposed to mean? You wish to claim the prize. You arrived to claim the prize. You cannot leave until it is within your grasp. Oh, I see contestant one here is familiar with the rules. You didn't tell me about that. You didn't... Why can't I stand up? I I can't stand up. (laughs) Fuck. Fuck, I don't... What are you? Where am I? Well, are you ready to tell us about what happened? You know what? Fuck it. Sure. Why not? I'm stuck here. The photo of it has been broadcast live on TV. I don't want to get fucking evicted. So sure. Why not? He fucking died. Derek fucking died. My 16th birthday party was small. It was just him and me and one of our mutual friends, Alice. No one else was supposed to know about the party. I was worried my bullies would show up, and I guess I was right. My supposed friend, Alice, fucking betrayed me. I guess she had a crush on Derek and wanted to get back at me. Thought I was dating him. I didn't even like him like that. So there we were, chatting while watching some shitty horror movie, when there was a knock at the front door. I thought maybe my parents had come back early. I opened it and saw the five kids that had been tormenting me. I tried to slam the door back in their faces, but they pushed their way into the house, pushing me against the wall. They made their way to the living room. Their target was Derek. He had apparently humiliated them, and apparently they thought he was now weak enough to take on. I don't think that Alice realized that he was their target, because they had always come after me. She tried to talk them down, and they pushed her out of the way. One of them had a knife. A knife. I don't think they intended to use it. I think they wanted to scare him while he was still recovering from surgery so that he wouldn't confront them when he came back. But I didn't think that in the heat of the moment. I just saw my best friend, fear in his eyes, being threatened with a knife. I tackled the bully from behind. 
and the knife cut flesh. I was an idiot. If you tackle someone from behind, the knife they're holding is going to stab forward. But I was 16 and scared, and now Derek was dead. Blood pooled around him. He didn't die instantly, but God, I wish he had. He was muttering and twitching as I held him in my arms. I tried to stop the bleeding, but it was useless. I watched the light fade from his eyes. I guess the bullies ran off and Alice called the police, but I didn't hear any of that. All I could see in here was Derek. Even now, all I can see is Derek. The fear on his face, the way he went limp in my arms... Naturally, the parents of the bullies were rich as hell, and their rich lawyers managed to blame only me for the murder of my best friend, and now I can't get a job because I have a damn criminal record, and everyone thinks I killed the boy I loved like a brother. But I guess I did kill him. Derek fucking died and it was my fault. Was that what you wanted to hear? Was it? Was that good enough for you? Can I leave now? Well, wasn't that dramatic? Now then, contestant one, why don't you tell us about your first date? Hmm. We met on Tinder. Then she wanted to go to a restaurant, so I pretended to eat. She was beautiful. She invited me to her house and tried to kill me. I suppose she was a serial killer. She was quite beautiful, though, so it was a shame. I would have liked to date her. I consumed and erased her being. No one remembers her existence now. What the fuck? Oh my, how scandalous! Now then, are you two ready for the final round? Yes. I... Uh, just get on with it. Alright then. Now for our final round. We've heard your deepest secrets. Now it's time to open up and show us what's inside. Contestant 1, we'll start with you. I understand. Oh my, would you look at that? Looks like Contestant 1 has a body of nothing but an infant Their body opened up? Hold on to your hats, everyone. Shit. Oh, oh god. Oh, are there stars, I see? Yes, uh, uh, winkling in the distance upon the infinite void that you feel both what? a sense of horror and calm. That you cannot Wait, is this why the show is called that? No do I have to do that? Shit. <coughs> I am but a gateway to a causeway. <coughs> do you wish to see more? Help. No, I think we've seen enough. Don't want to get carried away and lose ourselves staring into the abyss, am I right? <laughs> Contestant 2, looks like what? you're up. No, no, you can't. Oh my god. Ah. <laughs> hmm, that's pretty boring. Fuck, Just oh my standard god. human oh my anatomy, god. isn't it? Fuck. Oh, but would you look at that? Only oh, one kidney? Fuck. Contestant oh. 2, have you donated your I, other kidney? I can't, I can't feel my... <sighs> I-I-I-I-I-I'm I'm going cold, I- Seems like he's a bit preoccupied right <laughs> <Shit>. now. <laughs> God. <sighs> oh, that's a shame. Looks like he died. <laughs> oh, well, that's what we get for inviting a human to the show. 
I thought it might be exciting. Do I receive the prize? Oh, yes. And I think you'll find it quite spectacular. That's right. You win a trip to Hawaii. Experience the tropical breeze, the sparkling waters, and human vacationing. Ah, wonderful. I quite enjoy the taste of tourists. They are varied and pleasing. Well then, that's it for today's episode of Open Up. Tune in next time for more spectacular stories and salacious secrets. And remember, what's on the inside becomes the outside. What an episode. I wonder what else you could find inside a human. Is it all just blood and gore, or are they hiding something in there? (laughs) I know I, for one, can't wait for the next episode. Well, lovely beings, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you for tuning into the show, and we will see you very, very soon. What did you think? Alright, alright, it was very enjoyable, especially the way that the guy was just unaware. I would like to see that doll. See? I told you it was worth a watch. Way better than your boring show. (gasps) Do not disrespect my show! Look, I also realized that today's episode was a bit dry to wet, some might say, but in general, it's a very good show. Well, you did say you like to see people inside and out. It was fun, wasn't it? But it's shame that they died, you know? This has been 400 Words of Horror, a bi-weekly horror-themed anthology podcast made by audio drama enthusiasts who wanted to get started as creators. The show is produced by Jem Iden and Lissa J, and the episode is edited and sound designed by Jem Iden, who also voiced our lovely Haven. Clarence was voiced by me, Lissa J. The voice of our new friend, Recap, was Neutron. This was an extra special episode of 400 Words of Horror because we had two amazing special guests and the episode was a full cast and crew episode. So get hyped. I'm going to go through everyone's names. In order of appearance, first we have the wonderful Taylor Michaels, who voiced our television announcer today. You can hear more from him over on Wobegon, the most recent season of Tales from the Fringes of Reality, and the brand new podcast, The Grotto. Speaking of, what a wonderful transition into our second special guest, Athens! Athens voiced Matt this episode. He's the creator of The Grotto. You can hear more from him there. He also streams on Twitch at twitch.tv slash athensmusic. He makes awesome music. You should go check him out for real. And full circle, he's also the voice of Troy in Wobegon. So that's pretty neat. Our first story of today was called Unseen, which was written by Gemma Iden. It was edited by Just Jenna and Prax Kilowatt and performed by Just Jenna as the interviewer and Prax Kilowatt as Benjamin. Our second story today was Open Up, which was written by Elaine, and it was edited by Gemma Iden and performed by Eli Schwartz as the host, Leo B. Moss as contestant one, and Fortune Salem as contestant two. All of the sounds we use can be found on Free Sounds, and you can find links to all of those in our episode document linked in the description. You can also find transcripts and a full cast and crew there. 
If you're feeling generous and you want to support us financially, you can do so over on patreon.com slash 400 words of horror. There, not only do you get to hang out with cool people like Taylor Michaels, Just Jenna, Henchman G, Jen W, Saza, and Cake, but you also have access to all sorts of very cool content like bonus content, behind the scenes content, ad-free episodes, you name it, we'll do it. We have bloopers, we have auditions, all sorts of fun things over there. So go ahead and check us out. If you're feeling more like a one-time donation, that's cool too. You can support us over on Ko-Fi at ko-fi.com slash 400 words of horror. Whatever floats your boat is good for us. The best way, of course, to support us, though, is to leave a review. Word of mouth. Classic. And it's not just classic for no reason. If you want to really help us out, telling people about the show or leaving a review really, really helps with the algorithm and adding to our collection of souls. (laughs) Ha ha. Just kidding. But also, it does mean a lot to us. Of course, if you want to follow us and all of our weird BS, (laughs) you can do so over on our new Discord. We just opened it up for the public. We have a nice little community over there, and it's been a lot of fun so far. So we'd love to hear from you guys and join us in there. Give us any of your feedback. Talk to the casting crew. Draw fan art of us, please. (laughs) Obviously, I can't make you guys draw fan art, but we do love to see what you guys have to say and what you guys make for us. You can also follow us on Twitter and Tumblr and Blue Sky. All of those handles are 400 words of horror. Um, And of course, our DMs are always open. So if you want to send us a message, appreciation, maybe you have a comment that you think something could be of use to us, we'd love to hear it. Please don't hesitate from sending us that thought. Yeah. Thank you all so, so, so much for listening. I will let you go. I'm Icky Sicky, and I know you all have lives, and you've listened to me ramble for long enough. Please go give lots of support to our special guests today. They're incredible. They're some of my great friends, too. Um, You guys won't be disappointed. In addition, we'll be back in a few weeks with some more content for you guys. As you can see, we're going places, and it's a very exciting time to be in our little community, so we'd love to see you around. We hope you stick with us through thick and thin. We'll be here. We appreciate you. And that is all. I'll let you go. Bye-bye.